Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It's Wednesday, February the 10th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And lots to discuss today. You know, when we initially looked at it, it was like, ah, oh, there's not a not a lot of big stuff to talk about. But then you start digging into the uh, the weeds on this, and there's a uh, there's a lot to talk about. Sports is never ending. There's always something going on that is worth talking about, and uh, and that's what we do. So Akbar jumps in. He said, "Good afternoon, guys. If you would like to be a part of the show, you can jump in the chat. Any of the different live platforms that we are on right now. If you're watching, you already know we're on Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. You can jump into the chat on any one of those. It will populate right there in the bottom left hand corner of your screen, and uh, and you can help drive the conversation." Terry said, uh, what's up? Tried to sneak in early on me. Yeah, no, here's here's the deal. I'll go ahead and tell you what's going on. We are prepping for an ice storm. I have got the uh, the, the gas fireplace guy coming out to service my fireplace, uh, and that will be probably sometime between 3.30 and 4.30, somewhere around that. I don't know. So whenever that happens, uh, I got to be ready. And we got to go ahead and knock this out. My son comes home for his nap a little late, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot going on today that we got to prep for. Hey, I had to go get weather stripping today. Like, when's the last time you had to replace weather? You've got a pretty new house, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, my house is only five and a half years old. That's so. mine is mine is twenty five years old. I've replaced year. weather stripping in the back door because I used to my old dog <laughs> that that is no longer with us. Um, used to uh, rip and claw at it to try to get in or try to get out, really. So This one, uh, so it, my front door in my formal living room, uh, it's like the wind was just whipping right through there. Like yep. no issue whatsoever. It just Now, you definitely want to seal your house up. Oh, yeah. That's, that's important. Rest of the door is perfectly fine, but I had to go out and get some other stripping today uh, because we kind of noticed it, and it was like, 
Yeah, okay, this is, but with the fact that it's going to be like 10 degrees on Saturday, like I said, you know what, eh, we, we normally don't have to worry about it being too, too cold, but, you know, if we're going to be it, looking at possible power outages and all that kind of stuff, eh, I definitely want it sealed up. So, uh, Terry said, oh God, you scared? Not like it's going to be Ice Storm 94. Ice Storm 1994 in, in the Memphis area was a complete debacle. I remember being without power for almost a week. I mean, yeah. it was, <laughs> do you remember all that? Yeah, I remember. I remember oh, my, my grandfather had, which is the only regret I have when I built this house is we don't have a wood burning fireplace. I don't do a lot of things that are manly. Okay. You've been on this show long <laughs> enough. You know, I, I, I'm wearing a Harry Potter hoodie. Okay. I'm, I'm not the, I'm a big guy, but I'm not a manly guy. All right. The one manly thing I do, and I can do it as good as anybody in the world is I can build fires. I can build a fire and, and I can, I could cook on fire. I can build on fire and, and I can make a fire happen from very little resources. Uh, and I actually like chopping wood. It's a therapeutic thing for me. I enjoy it. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I regret that we don't have a wood burning fireplace or wood burning stove is what I really want. My grandfather had one that was, I mean, it was bigger than the table that we record on um, stove and it like hooked to the ventilation system in the house where you turn the fan on and it would like run through the air ducts and that we all went to mama and papa's house when that happened. And I mean, we cooked on it. Like it, oh, it yeah. had the big stove top and we put the pots on there and my mama had boiling water and you know, everything going all at all times. And that's how we survived, man. That's I would, uh, next house that we do, I would, I would probably think about doing that. I yeah. would certainly well, ga- gas fireplaces are pretty. That's yeah. that's the list right there. That's the list. They don't put off any heat at all. They yeah. don't actually heat your house. They're just they're strictly there for aesthetics. If I built another house, this house called for a gas fireplace. I didn't even put one in. I put one in the sunroom, but 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 that was it. Like, you know, it, why why waste the wall space and <laughs> and have a bunch of rock that you got to put in and tile you got to put around it or decor you got to put around it for nothing. You have a valid point there. Um, Terry said, I'm going to make some T-shirts. I'll make a fortune. I still see those 1994 shirts. Uh, John said, enjoying the 65-degree Clemson, South Carolina weather. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, I do miss the 60s right now. It's, uh, it's what, about 39, 40 degrees outside, something like that. But it's, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's not too terribly yeah. cold right now, It's it's but it's dropping. It's and, dropping, and we're getting the, you know, the ice tonight. So it's yeah. it's not snow. It's going to be raining first, and then it's all going to freeze, and all the moisture will move out for a little while, and then next Monday, Tuesday, we're going to get snow. So it is what it is. Uh, John said, I don't miss Illinois this time of year. No, certainly. Our, our buddies from the Westlot Pirates have had to deal with, what is it, like 20 inches of snow? It's yeah, man. Ridiculous. And then, I mean, even Scuzz out in Seattle. I mean, a Seattle. Jesus. Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> um, you know, Cincinnati normally is far enough south where they don't they don't really get hit with that much snow. And oh, we got this polar vortex thing working right now, man. It is it's bananas. Uh, your last crap. So what's up, Chris and Gary? Listening, watching while at work. Uh, are you guys going to talk FCS football ranking soon? Next week, my friend. Next week we will have. That yeah, we're out. gonna we're gonna let them get a week of games in. Well, it, it, so there's only one game this week. Uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of start prepping next week and there's going to be more games on Friday, Saturday and Sunday of next week. So, so we will, uh, we will be discussing it. No worries. No worries that you're a little bit early. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into, uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. I write my time down here. The NCAA tournament announced their times for 
the uh, the the tournament basically for what it's going to look like this yeah. year. The first four is not going to be on Tuesday, Wednesday. Now we already knew this from a few weeks ago, but the first four is going to be on that first Thursday. So you are not going to have your typical Thursday opening day. Everybody taking off work, going out to the bar, right? You've got a game at 5 o'clock, a game at 6.20, a game at 8.30, and a game at 9.50. This is all Eastern time. you got True TV, TBS, True TV, TBS for those. Because everything is being held in Indianapolis. So you got to get all the teams there, and you got to get all of them tested and quarantined and whatever for however many days it is. And you're doing the first four on Thursday. So the first round games are going to be on Friday and Saturday. And you got 16 games on Friday. You got 16 games on Saturday. And the times are, are pretty nuts. It, first game on that Friday, March 19th, will start at noon on CBS. That's Eastern time, so 11 a.m. our time. Uh, then it goes noon, 12.30, 1, 1.30. Then 2.45, 3, 3.20, 3.50, 4.20. It, it goes all night. But, Chris, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this because we're going to have games on, like, first round, basically Friday, Saturday. And they, they don't call it first round. They call it a, a round of 64. Round 64, now. yeah. Uh, but first, well, first round games on Friday, Saturday, and then second round on Sunday, Monday. And after that, then you move into the, the third round, which will be, or the Sweet 16, which is the following Saturday. So you got Saturday, Sunday, and then the Elite Eight is on Monday and Tuesday, and then the Final Four is on that Saturday and Monday. So that's actually shocking because originally when they said they were going to quarantine everybody to Indianapolis, they kind of talked about blowing through this thing and basically giving everybody like two or three days off instead of a week off between like two rounds, two, three days off, two rounds, two to three days off, two rounds. That's that's what I was surprised about. That's what they originally talked about. They're giving them the whole week off, not even playing on Friday of the following week, but wait until Saturday. Um, yeah, that's more time than I thought they were going to give them. Well, I think because of the because of the TV stuff, right? They needed to make sure that it was on that Saturday and that Monday for uh, for Viacom, right? For CBS, and it's you know I, I guess it's going to be all right, but the the swap up here is going to be so different. Like having Sweet Sixteen games on on Saturday, Sunday, and then Elite Eight on Monday, Tuesday, and then you get the Final Four that Saturday. That, that just it feels a little. A little strange. No, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't think anything feels strange to me anymore. Just because as long as we're getting this stuff in, like the fact that it's all going to be in one centralized location, the fact that there aren't going to be fans in the can stands, all stuff, like none of that bothers. I've, I've, I've now become accustomed to it. As long as I'm getting it and it's not a bastionization of the game, they haven't changed the game. I, I don't care that the game's being played on Tuesday and we've never had a game on Tuesday before. Like that doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah. I'm gonna show up on Tuesday and I'm gonna watch. Like, yeah, no, that's a, you're a hundred. Like that doesn't right. that doesn't bother me that I'm used to this being on this day and now it's not. Like I don't care. That's I I could get with that. I could get with it. I I think we've all kind of learned to adapt here in the last year. Well, it's um, all about being flexible, right? Yeah. And if you're gonna let little things like that throw off your kilter, then then you're not gonna survive the new world. No, you are right about that. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so with that said, we will move into college basketball primers. Now, a lot of people have not been paying attention to college basketball, uh, and I don't blame you. Football season has been going on. We've been prepping on the uh, the Super Bowl and everything else. So we're going to talk for just a few minutes about teams that you need to pay attention to, um, you know, to get yourself ready for March, right? Because we're only a month away from Selection Sunday. I'd, I'd say that. Yeah, I guess it's about a month away. Um, <laughs> see, Joe jumps in. Hi, Nikki. Hail to the WFT. That's what I'm talking about. Terry said, I got to do snow and ice removal at the airport tomorrow, which is going to suck. Oh, my God. That's going to be awful. That is going to be awful. Uh, Hey, man, that's what he gets paid for. No, you're right about that. But, whoo, man, that is something else. Um, All right, so our our top-seeded teams right now, the teams that are most likely to get the one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Ohio State. Interesting part about Michigan, if you have not been paying attention, they have been on a COVID break. For about two weeks now, and their first game back is against Illinois. Their COVID break did not include any positive tests for the basketball team. The the Department of Health from the state of Michigan shut down the athletic programs at at the University of Michigan, right? Which is insane. I think it's a county thing, but they had one of those weird strains. Um that that came from overseas, so they just shut down Michigan basketball. It it really surprised me because Michigan State has been playing. It's like, I don't listen. The Big Ten, I can't explain it. I know this. They're going to put teams in championships. They're going to put teams in playoffs, <laughs> and their whole philosophy is be really good early and don't play. That's yeah. that's their mantra is we're just not going to play. We're going to play as little as possible. We're going to look as good as we can look at the beginning or at the end, but we're going to miss huge chunks of the season. We're going to play far less than everybody else, and that's our key to victory right here. This is how we can hang with other teams and other conferences and other in all these sports. Just to give everybody an idea, uh, so Alabama is sitting at 16-5, and five, Ohio State is 16-4, and four, Houston 16-2, and two, Iowa is 13-6, and six, Illinois is 13-5, and five, then you got Baylor and Gonzaga. Baylor seventeen and zero. They missed a couple of games, and Gonzaga yep. is nineteen and zero, and they missed one game. One game. Um, it, Michigan is Michigan what? is thirteen and one. That's that's how many games they are behind everybody else. So Ohio State has played twenty games. It, it, Michigan has played fourteen. So bad. I mean, they're what four, three games behind Gonzaga. 
Uh, in no, what they've played. They're five they've games behind four. Gonzaga. They are three games behind Baylor. So <laughs> You're talking about record. I'm talking about played. They've played 14 no, games. They've played 14. Played 17. Gonzaga has played 19. Baylor has played oh, 17. Oh, said 17 and 0. Okay. No, no, yeah, Baylor's 17 and 0. Gonzaga's 19 and 0. Oh, I got, okay, I got those know. mixed up. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. So it's not, it's not awful, but you know, at some point in time, playing has to matter. I mean, this is what we said all of college football. The difference is it doesn't really matter. Make them any seed you want. They're going to have to run through a 60-14 exactly. goal. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't really, I don't, I'm not, I'm going to laugh at it because I find it ironic that it's happening to the same conferences and their blue bloods in the conference. It doesn't happen for Wisconsin. It doesn't oh, happen yeah. for Northwestern. Yeah. No, 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 no. It happens to the guys that are supposed to be there. Wisconsin uh, is, is 14 and six. By the way, the big 10 is the, the one conference that moved their conference tournament over yeah. to Indianapolis. So they're already going to be in Indianapolis. Yeah, they're already going to be there. Yep. So uh, Wisconsin is sitting at fourteen and six. By the way, they've played twenty games. Uh, but if you look at some of the other ones, Villanova is number ten at Ken Palm right now. They are twelve and two. They had a nice long break as well. Um, their break was from da -da -da, December twenty third all the way to January nineteenth. Yeah. Like so it, it was month. a long time. So and they they did not look great when they came back. I'll uh, I'll say that. So Michigan right now, the last time that Michigan has played was on January 22nd. And now here we sit. Uh, their next game is February 14th against Wisconsin. Um, I mean, who knows? We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I mean, right. We'll see. And, and, but here's the thing. I don't get that upset about it because I don't care what seed you're in. At some point in time, you're going to have to run a gauntlet. At some point yeah. in time, you're going to, if you're a high seed, you're going to have to avoid playing a low seed that is hungry for an upset that has everything to win and nothing to lose. That's, that's a tough time, a tough thing to go against sometimes, you know? And, and then at the, the backside of that is eventually if you win those games and don't get upset, you're going to play teams of equal or greater caliber. Yes. This is the thing that college football doesn't have. No, you're you're a exactly big right. ass tournament where nobody cares that you got in or not. Yeah, or that you earned your way in or not. Really? No, you're uh, you're 100 right about that. Uh, as far as bubble teams to pay attention to, because I, I went through you know some of the top ten, uh, the top seeds there. Uh, with all the ones that are in the middle, we'll eventually talk about them. You know, we'll be doing picks and whatnot on here. Uh, the last four buys. This is what Joe Lenardi has over at ESPN. Uh, Indiana, LSU, Drake, and Boise State are the last four buys. The last four teams that are in, according to him, are Stanford, UConn, Oregon, and VCU, Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, that's, you know, that can obviously change his first four out, St. Louis, St. John's, Penn State, and Colorado State. And then the next four out, Maryland, Richmond, SMU, and Western Kentucky. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what Is happens. Is there a world where how many... How many teams of Kansas, Kentucky, the, the the four blue bloods, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, make the tournament, miss the tournament? Um, Kansas, I don't believe. Uh, well, no, no, no. I take that back. Kansas will get in. Uh, all seven of their in? losses are quad one losses, and in their in their quad one and quad two games, they're seven and seven. So they're going to be fine. They're they're okay. They're just not great, right? And that's a that's. All right, they're a good basketball team. They won at Oklahoma State last night. Uh, looked pretty good in doing that. But, um, or sorry, that was at home. Uh, either way, they got the win over Oklahoma State. That's a pretty good basketball team. And 
let's see, Kentucky, no chance. Duke, I mean, they would have to beat some really, really good teams, and they have not shown the ability to beat good teams. Um, North Carolina, I think, will get in. I think. Um, but right now, they're sitting, you know, 11, 10, 9 seed, somewhere in there. But they're just not very good. All these teams that normally rely on freshmen, we talked about this on the show before, I believe, last week. All the teams that, that rely on these first-year players to come in and really gel and, and play well, uh, they're not doing so hot. And, and part of it, like for Kansas, for sure, the reason they're not as good as normal, well, their recruiting has been down ever since this FBI stuff started. Like, they, they just they don't have any top 50 guys. They've got, I think, one top 100 guy. I mean, it, their, their roster is not what it usually is. Um, Kentucky, you know, they've got a bunch of really good freshmen, but they're not gelling, and they don't look all that good, and that's kind of what happens when you move from high school to college, but you go a year without playing in between, right? Like, there's a, you, you can't really practice for something like this. So, Duke is the same way. Uh, they've got, you know, some first-year guys and whatnot, but Duke's roster isn't, isn't all that great. But, uh, but North Carolina, they're, you know, so long as they keep, you know, getting a few wins here and there. Uh, the North, did you see the North Carolina stuff where Miami traveled all the way to Chapel Hill and decided they didn't want to play the game because a video came out of the North Carolina players after the game, like out at parties without masks on and all that? Yeah, so they, they opted not to do that. And so now it's, should North Carolina have forfeited the game? Uh, blah, blah, blah. There's there's no precedent at all for anybody forfeiting this year. So no. uh, Terry wants to know if we're going to do a bracket challenge this year. We, we might. I mean, you never know. This is a pretty crazy year, uh, but it could be interesting. We'll see how many people want to enter and whatnot. We'll, uh, we'll ask as we get closer. So it, it's a lot of work to do those things. So I'll have to figure out if I feel like doing it. But, uh, but yeah, so college basketball, you know. Well, I mean, worst-case scenario, we just go on ESPN. We create a private group with a WCE password. We give the password out every day, and people can join if they want. That's a, that's a very good point. Then you, then you let ESPN or Yahoo do the damn thing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, we could probably do that. Right. I'm yeah, always Terry, up we'll for making that. things easier. That's hey, I'm a, We I'm don't a have to do it ourselves, guys. I am a fan of that. All right, let's, uh, let's move on from that and – Let's talk about the NFL for a minute. Of course, obviously, the uh, the Super Bowl is done. Damian jumps in. He said, I'll enter. That's that's what I'm talking about. All right, let's get some guys in. If you guys want to enter, jump in the chat. Let me know. We'll, uh, we'll create that thing. Russell Wilson is tired of being hit in Seattle. That's, that's what he said. So. <laughs> All right, hang on. Hang oh. on. Let's, let's hang on. Okay. Jason Lockenfora, who's a great writer, who I like a lot, and I listen to a lot of his content, by the way. Jason Lockenfora came out, and he kind of was like reading tea leaves. He hadn't talked to anybody. He hasn't reported that this is a rumor. He, This is one of those ESPN things where somebody throws an idea out in the morning. It gets batted around through the wash all day, and it's literally just an idea, okay? It is a, it is a weird, crazy, fun hypothetical. And then by... Saturday, a uh, seven, uh, seven o'clock sports center. It's gospel. It is being reported that this is happening. Okay. We got to be real careful with that. All right. right. All right. Jason so Lockenford floated out the idea that Russell Wilson might get sick of getting hit and won't out because he doesn't like the system. 
Pete Carroll's philosophy of offense is just run the ball more, and they don't want to get better offensive linemen. Why get better offensive linemen when Russell's never missed a snap? You know, and and so he's basically saying, well, because Russell's so good, because he's Superman, we don't have to do this, this, and this to make his job easier. And wouldn't you find that to be frustrating? As an individual that's not a part of a team, the answer for everyone universally across the board is yes. Here's here's where this all came from. Brandon Marshall, you know, former teammate of his, uh, said on FS1 First Things First this week, uh, Russell Wilson is beyond frustrated. I think he's trying to figure out how to move on in a classy way. That's what I truly believe. Russ is a guy that's not concerned how you think about me or what you think about me. He's concerned about what type of legacy I will leave behind. He's trying to leave the legacy that he did things the right way so guys uh, can follow that same blueprint. Uh, I think he struggles with how to move on in a classy way, in a way where people can look at him and say, you know what, he still did it the right way because that's important for Russ. Now, I, I don't believe that he is being hit too much. I think that he can be frustrated with how Seattle is doing things. I think actually right now would be a better time for Russell Wilson in Seattle because they got rid of uh, of Brian Schottenheimer, which, by the way, we didn't even yeah, talk but, about this RIP to uh, to Marty yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, you hate you hate losing the uh, the class acts of the NFL and the the guys that were great at what they did. Uh, he was a big time face of the NFL for a long time back in the nineties. Um, but yeah, that's a hate to see that. But Brian Schottenheimer was fired from Seattle. Part of the issue there was he ran the ball. Way too much. They made it, but that's super what Pete wants. And they hired another G, uh, offensive coordinator that's just going to do the same thing because that's what Pete wants to do. And if Pete's that's the, the head case, coach, then maybe Russell Wilson does want to get out there or out of there because that's not the way that you win games in the NFL. Like we gotta we gotta figure out a way for these players to do that though because this is not the NBA. This is not baseball where you're a star and you could say, I want this, and you can pout and you can scream, and all of a sudden the team realizes, well, we have no real power here. We're just going to let you go, and we'll we'll take the, you know, the loss. We'll take, you know, 60 cents on the dollar if we can get it. Um, that doesn't happen in the NFL because the the – the window of the time for these guys to be good is so short and so small because it's such a physical game that for you to be able to say, I'm willing, the only way you'd have that leverage is you have to miss a year. You have to sit out. That's it. And, and nobody's been willing to do that because while they can go a year without getting hit, that when they come back, they're not the same because you don't get better at football by taking a year off from football. That just has never happened. Le'Veon Bell is a prime example. He didn't get the money he thought he was going to get. He ended up in a shittier situation, and he's never been the same player that he was. Sitting out a year hurt his career. Yeah, absolutely. So, And that's a running back as opposed to a quarterback might be a lot different. Nobody's had the balls to pull the trigger on actually doing it. All right. So he can, he can say all the things, even if he says, I'm done trying to be classy about it. Even if he says, screw it, I'm going to make it an ugly divorce. I want out. You still have to hope that the Seahawks trade you because they've got you on a pretty good contract right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one point it was the, 
the highest paid, or he was yeah. the highest paid quarterback in the league. Now, and obviously, every quarterback since then changes over yeah. every couple of years or every year. Um, and and therein lies the problem is you know you just you just can't do it. And with the franchise tag being a thing, it's really worth a guy like him of his caliber, a guy like Watson, their caliber, Watson. A, to franchise tag somebody twice is very much a real thing. By the time that you're paying them the second franchise, that's that's what top-tier quarterbacks are going for anyway. So you're not hurt by tagging them twice. Now, nobody will ever tag anybody three times. The money comes to a point where it would cripple you franchise-wise, and you don't you you almost don't even have the cap room to do that. But to 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 franchise a some a, a quarter a top-tier quarterback twice, yeah, it's worth the money. So even if you whine, bitch, and moan up until the end of your career, uh, your contract, they still got two more years of leverage over you. Yeah, uh, not to mention, so Bob uh, Condotta from the Seattle Times mentioned uh, Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause in his contract. Yep. So he has veto power. If they so he even, would definitely get to pick where he wants to go. Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. Um, it, on on this, so his his cap hit is pretty massive. Um, yeah. Averages $35 million per year, gradually increases in terms of the cap hit. So it's $31 million in 2020, 32 in 2021, 37 in 2022, and then 39 in 23. Yeah. It's it's big. Like it's and and there's no way to really build it. That's the so thing they're, about this they're assuming the the reason they're able to do those contracts that way is they're assuming the cap is going to go up a little every year, which oh, is yeah. it has every year. This year's going to hurt people, but you know, for the most part, that 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 thirty nine million and whatever it is this year is no different. Agreed. When that year gets here, it's just going to be the same. Rising tide floats all boats. You just give him, you know, eight million dollars more a year to spend, and he's going to make two million a year more of that eight. Yeah, uh, Alonzo jumped in. He said uh, he has uh, he has tears of Ciara as well. Did you see the look on his face at the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, I. He just looked like a dude that was happy to be there. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't I, know what that means. Uh, Damien said, Russell Wilson to Chicago, screw Wentz. Uh, it, Chicago's getting tired of the Wentz deal. So, like, it, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I can't understand. I'm telling you, there might be a GM out there dumb enough to do it, okay? There really might be a GM out there. And maybe it is the Colts, and maybe everybody was right. I mean, you know, or maybe everybody the in the world has said it. But you – know. Anybody who willing to pay Carson Wentz a to give up draft capital and b to to pay the salary that you're going to pay him is an idiot. They're just wrong. He's not worth that. He's not worth the salary alone, much less assets on top of the salary. Yeah, yeah. And so and any GM right. that does it, and just because Frank Reich has won with him in the past, why would you still pay for a guy that's broken? Just because the, the uh, uh, a Cadillac Escalade was an eighty thousand dollar vehicle, five years later you're not paying eighty anymore. Like That's true. It, it is gone down precipitously, and now it's like a twenty thousand dollar vehicle. Okay, maybe a fifteen thousand dollar vehicle, but it ain't worth eighty. So we have to stop with the well. They have cap room. Why not? Like, Oh, let, let's just, that's how NFL franchises win. Right. It's, they just piss away assets. They just piss away cap room <laughs> on a project. That's, that's it. I've got $90 million. Let me buy this thing. That's broken and think that I can fix it. Yeah. That's, that's an, that's an expert idea. 
Let's do that. No, no, let's not do that. Let's draft somebody or let's go get somebody who's substantially cheaper and far better. I would I would draft a guy and I would sign Ryan Fitzpatrick because you're going to get Ryan way cheaper than, than Wentz and he's going to cost you no extra assets, just the money you're going to pay him and he's light years better than Carson Wentz right now. So what are we talking about? That's and then a- you got the rookie hoping that he's going to develop <laughs> into something. And you got that $90 million of whatever your cap room is. Go get every defensive player out there. Shaq Barrett's about to become a free agent. Go sign Shaq Barrett. Go shine Sue. Go shine whoever these guys are that are going to come up in the open market and load up. Oh, yeah. Offensively, go get the most expensive, best wide receiver in the league. Let's do that, and let's surround this team with low. I mean, let's just make this a super team. If you got ninety million dollars of cap space, yeah. don't piss thirty of it away on Carson Wentz. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's stupid. <laughs> I love how you get so passionate every time it gets brought up. Uh, Casey brought up. Uh, I could see Russ going to the Bears. I, yeah, absolutely. I could see Russ winning in a lot of situations. Um, to stay on Russell Wilson, uh, Jason Lock and Fora brought up. Uh, that he could 100% see the Raiders uh, being willing to trade to get him, and I, I could, I could see that. I could absolutely see. My that. question is, if you're um, Seattle, you got to stop looking at the other teams. If you're Seattle, why the hell do you do this? Oh, you wouldn't. What do you, what do you make them pay? It, it same with the Texans. So, like yeah. the Texans are, unless like they get some ridiculous to say, middle. this guy would be cool going here, and this guy would be cool going here. What do you have that I want that's more valuable than this? Yeah. I mean, we just saw what Matt Stafford got traded for. Like, yeah. the the draft capital there was absolutely Now, a little absurd. bit of that's bad, bad compromise because they actually had to give an extra pick because the other team was taking a bad contract. Yes. No, absolutely. Matt Stafford but- was basically going to get traded for one first-round pick. That's the list. So, Casey, this is, uh, Damien said, uh, Wentz isn't even worth a bag of chips. Uh, but Casey brought up uh, it's something that, th- this may be the smartest thing that I've heard him say. And it's the end of this, all right? He said, only thing that worries me about uh, my Colts and Wentz prediction is that they might be planning a Foles reunion, but I think he goes to Indy, even though it's a horrible deal for the Colts. I've never heard him actually say it's a horrible deal for the Colts. That why would why do we think the Colts would do, do we I, so I value Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright is one of the top five, definitely top seven or eight offensive minds in in, in the NFL. Okay, yeah. I I really value him a lot. I think that front office is really smart. They've drafted unbelievably well. They've made some great free agent signings. Why do we think these people who are really smart would do this really dumb thing? Because Frank is friends with the guy? That, Look, I'm friends yeah. with a lot of guys who are morons, okay? I wouldn't hire any of them. <laughs> All yeah. right? I, I, I can invite them over. We can have some ribs. We can throw back a couple pops. But, but, I'm, not, but I'm not getting in business with them. And now, there, there is a smart way to go about uh, locking up the quarterback position for your football team, right? And, and that would not be one of them. But let's, uh, let's move on because this is a, a good transition point. Washington football team signed Taylor Heineke to uh, to a, yes two year eight point seven five million dollar deal. It's not going to break the bank. They didn't go above and beyond to make sure that they locked him up or anything like that. They didn't overreact him, to yeah, one game. They they but they damn sure yeah, rewarded him for one game. They gave him the opportunity 
to uh, to play it out. Like it, yeah, even if he just turns out to be the backup, the like, eight million. Yeah, that's great. That's that life changing money. This guy was was like like in school for something else. Okay, while when he got called up. All right, like he he didn't think he was going to be a professional quarterback. Yeah, okay? I mean he was he was in the XFL. He played pretty well in the XFL, and. And then he gets the call up from from Washington after being basically just this is, a dude. This is Ron Rivera, a smart football guy, making smart football decisions. He understands this league and how it works. He understands there's value in rewarding the guy that did what he did. Okay, Because yep. if you don't reward that guy, the rest of the locker room, you're going to lose him. And Ron will never lose a locker room. That That might be the one coach that I believe that couldn't lose a locker room. All right. He just, he's a former NFL player. Guys who used to play know the locker room better than anybody who didn't used to play. Okay. And, and, and he, he rewards this guy with this deal. gives him 8 million, got a ton of incentives on there to where if he turns into the next Tom Brady, the, 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 the second coming of, of Brett Favre or something like that, then he's greatly rewarded. And it's still a good deal for the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Also, it's not so much money that they can't go for another quarterback, either in the draft or in free agency or something of that nature, and let them compete. Competition is important in this game. Yes. Uh, Heineke was taking math classes at Old Dominion University, where he played collegiately when Washington signed him to the uh, practice squad December 8th. He had been out of the NFL since final cuts of 2019, uh, and he had been going back and forth between living with his mom and his sister. He said, uh, yeah. I was not very much fun to be around when I wasn't in the league. Those two have done so much for me, they kept my head straight. And now, uh, he said uh, he also worked out at a local gym, um, and he just he worked his ass off. And That's now, right. he gets a contract for, you know, almost $9 million. Like, this is life-changing money for him. Um, yeah. Damien asked, oh, all right, so Casey, uh, I just think it's scripted for, uh, for Reich and Wentz to... Uh, uh, to get back together and for Wentz to look good again. I hope I'm wrong because Wentz doesn't deserve a good script. I, look, I don't think that Carson Wentz is a bad dude. Like, just because we're talking about his football ability does not mean that we don't like him personally. Uh, I don't know anything about him. Seemed perfectly reasonable. Yeah, He's just he not seemed very to good quit on the Eagles when he got benched. If you don't play good enough to 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 win, yeah, and then you and then you turn on your locker room and your teammates and and pout and sulk because you weren't good enough. That that ain't their fault, brother. This ain't the organization's that's a, okay, fault. That's a valid either. point. That's, that's valid your point. fault. So I'm not saying he's like the worst guy in the world, but I, I anyway, the, the the idea that there's a script is 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 annoying and nauseating. Um, and and Damien, no, New, there is there is no reunion for for Newton unless Newton wants to come be a media member or you know sign some autographs or what newton is for, not for those football for, for those NFL listening team. on the podcast uh what damien jumped in on the chat with was do y'all see uh ron rivera and cam newton back together and no, no. cam newton no. will not play football for any of the 32 nfl teams ever again you don't think so no Nobody's i do not sign him for that uh, guy was awful yeah and he I mean, is he was, he has lost every bit of the ability he has. Yeah, and you, you can't, can't run. Even, he can't throw. What do you want him to do? Yeah, that's yeah. You got a valid point. I mean, it's he's he's not young enough anymore. His his body is almost completely broken down. I mean, it's that there's not much left. Not much. He left can't there. accurately throw dump passes to 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 um, screen like basic screen passes to running backs. Like he can't accurately do that and he no longer has the speed to be able to run anymore. He's still got strength, he's still got power, but that's that you a quarterback can't do that 
20 times a game. It's over. His hang it up. His career is done. Um, Washington's Damian said Bears would be stupid to get. Yeah, everybody yes, would be every, stupid. All 32 everybody. teams would be dumb if um, they hired Cam Newton. Washington, so this signing for Washington uh, to sign a quarterback that, uh, that looked really good in the playoff game, looked good at the, uh, the end of the season, does this make them more likely to go out and sign a veteran or to draft somebody uh, in the first round this year? Well, I don't know about first round, but I do think that they'll probably address it in the draft. Yeah, I could I could see that. I don't I, see it being a first round guy. Sometimes as first round guys, you got a lot of pressure to to start him really quickly. If he's a third round guy, you know, he's just a backup that you're grooming and hope that he becomes something or whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, they they just want to win. They don't really care who their quarterback is. I do believe they are a quarterback away from being special. While I like rewarding Heineke. Man, I I think I would be aggressive. And of course, they tried to get aggressive on Matt Stafford. They've put the calls into Houston. Like they they're trying to get a big boy quarterback because I think they believe they're a quarterback away. They're a trigger man away from being a Super Bowl contender. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. This team, this football team, gave the Bucks the toughest run in the playoffs. Okay. It yeah. wasn't the the number one seed overall Saints. All right. It are the number two CEO to overall Saints. It wasn't the number one over seat Packers. And it damn sure wasn't the one overall over the, the whole NFL uh, Chiefs. It just wasn't. This football team, nobody could score on them. All of those other offenses who are great couldn't put up points against this Bucks defense. You know who put up a metric shit ton of points? Heineke. Yeah. Uh, they do still have Alex Smith. Under contract for the next two seasons. God, I can't so. picture that guy playing. At same here. It, it's not that he was awful this past year, but no, like he, he just wasn't. Can't. But he was not. He's not good. And yeah. it's. But he's somebody I want in my locker room. And if he's not going to be in the locker room, I want him in the front office or I'm holding a clipboard on the sidelines. I like. I want him coaching. Yeah. No. I. And I, I don't know if that's that. his desire, but but I would. I would keep him on the roster if it meant just keeping his brain, his energy, his his what he brings to a clubhouse uh, on the team. I his, would keep uh, a roster spot for him. His contract, by the way, um, I mean, this is it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, his cap hit for twenty twenty one is twenty four point four million dollars. His dead cap, so yeah, they, but, so they oh, got thirty something million hot up in quarterbacks. His uh, his dead cap is ten point eight million in twenty twenty two. His cap hit is twenty six point four. His dead cap is only five point four million. So, um, so you, I mean, you, we're getting to the point where he's probably going to get cut. I would imagine. Well, yeah, at some point, at some point in time. So you you hate to see it, but uh, but yeah, that's it. he doesn't bring that value. So. Uh, let's move on, and let's talk right quick uh, a little NBA stuff, right? So we we don't try to get very political on this show, but this is a very interesting thing that is going on with the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban announced, uh, or they, he told ESPN, I won't say he announced, but he made the decision to stop playing the national anthem before home games, he said, after consulting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Well, they never announced it or anything, but they have not played the national anthem for any of their 13 preseason and regular season games so far at American Airlines Center this season. The the NBA rulebook says that players are required to stand during the national anthem. Um, Silver has not enforced that rule because of, you know, kneeling for the anthem that became a popular way to protest social injustice, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the NBA came out today and said, 
nah, uh, y'all are going to play the anthem. Like, y'all are going to start playing the anthem. And the reason it's so interesting, like, one, I, I, you and I have talked about this before on this show. Why do we play the anthem? Like, yeah, it, it, it kind of doesn't make a, sense. What What is, I go to work. We don't play the anthem before I start, we start jobs. Like, like there's, there's very few things in the world. I don't know why we started doing it for every sporting event in the world. Like, well, I just, I, I'll tell you why. And you, you and I both well, already know this. Well, I know the answer why. It's, yeah. it's a contract. The U.S. government pays yeah, our tax teams. dollars, by yeah. the way. Not the U.S. Go- the U.S. government doesn't exist. They're the entity that spends our tax dollars. Yes, our tax dollars go to paying the NBA, the NFL, uh, the Major NHL, League Baseball, Major League Baseball, etc. Soccer, all all, of them. all to do this uh, this big patriotic uh, deal before right. every game. Right, the national anthem is played. They bring out the flag. Everybody puts their hand over their heart. You know, blah 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 blah. All that gets done before. It, now you wouldn't do that for movies or you know just going out to concerts games, that kind of yeah like, you don't like, do that like, for any well, other there's nothing else that we do this for like I, any, I don't know when it started i wasn't old enough for a life when it started it started way before my time in this earth but the the problem i have is is if it's an issue let's just stop doing it like that's, that's if it's thing. gonna cause division let's just let's just stop doing it it doesn't mean you're unpatriotic because you're not doing it it just it just eliminates the the problem that takes away the thing that we're all fighting about yes now that's what surprised me about the NBA coming out and saying uh hey you're gonna be playing the anthem the reason that they want everybody because they their statement was all teams will play the national anthem the reason why they would do that right now is because the NBA is losing viewers and losing uh, fans at a just absurd, enormous rate, yeah. right? That's why they would do it is to to try and get the fans back that they have lost. I don't think it's going to change anything if you still allow people to protest, right? Like, my, my thought process is just get it out of here. It's no longer a distraction. It's no longer sure. anything to divide us. Just it, it, that's fine. We don't have to have this before basketball games. It's kind of ridiculous when you, when you think about it on its face. Now, that's not me being anti-patriotism or anything like that, like we just talked about. It's just getting a distraction out of the way. I was like, surprised. Doing it before big events, I get. Like, doing it before the Super Bowl makes sense. Doing it before the game one of the, you know, the All-Star game or game one of the, World of the Finals yeah. or World Series makes sense. Like, that's a big deal and you're, there's a lot of pageantry that goes into that. But some rando Tuesday night, you know, where, you know, the the Clippers are coming in town and nobody cares. Like, what are we talking about? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Damian jumps We're going to use this thing to cause uh, a fight? That's stupid. Damian said, the NBA is stupid. Nobody should be forced to do anything uh, that they don't want to do. And, when I do. and you know me, I'm on record. I don't like our tax dollars paying these billion-dollar companies to do to do the anthems. If you want to do the anthem, do the anthem. But why is government paying for it? Yeah. I, I'm why are it. we paying for it? I'm curious if it's the same thing in Canada. Like I you know, but because it, they even if it is, I don't care. No, agreed. agreed. A misappropriation just, of funds is a misappropriation of funds. It yeah. is a waste of money. Yes. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that for sure. I was just curious about Canada because like they play the Canadian national anthem, but I don't know that they have to. I think that it just became a tradition thing, and you know. Yeah, I don't know that. I wonder does the NHL get paid by Canada to do that? 
It's uh, it's interesting. Or do they just do it? It's, and and I wonder, like Major League Baseball and in the NHL, obviously have teams in Canada and the United States. I do wonder if uh, if they just do that for those teams, just for the fans that are there. I don't right? know. And I don't so, know the answer to that. You're I, like right. to, I don't. I don't know. And and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me if Canada chooses to do that. That's fine. That's not my tax dollars. Yeah. Okay. I like the only issue I've got with Cuban in this situation is if he's getting his you know, one thirtieth share of whatever the federal government is paying the uh the NBA to play the national anthem and he's not doing it. No, 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 no. You're okay to not do it. You also gotta not take that little bit of money. All right. That that's not for you. Yeah. Uh you Damian, don't get to take the money and not play it. Damien said but, in Mexico they do the national anthem for soccer games. Terry said they did the anthem before the River Kings games before they got rid of them for that crap basketball single A team. Uh yeah. and Damien said and baseball. Now, I do wonder if some of it is just tradition from some of these other countries. I know that in the United States, it's bought and paid for. Yes, like it, this I was is about to say. for patriotism. Th- that's, that's the issue that I have, is, is I don't care where it started. And the fact that, well, it's what we've always done. Okay, okay. we do a lot of things today just because of tradition that's bad. All right? Yeah. And we used to do a lot of things that were horrible because of tradition, and we stopped them. All right? So... You know, tradition's a pretty bad argument for doing something. You need a reason for it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And using tax dollars, and I understand that, let's say they pay them $2 million a year. Okay, I don't think it's massive, but compared to, like, the trillions of dollars we're in debt. At the end of the day, it's not the matter of, I have a problem with us paying for this. I yeah. just do. I just do. I can. I, the reason I agree we're trillions 100%. of dollars in debt is because every time you turn around, we just piss away two million here and two million there, and 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 at the end of the day, it all adds up to a couple of billion dollars. All right, and that's a yeah. problem. But it's it's the same as somebody that uh, that can't pay their rent uh, going out to a bar and and drinking all night. Yeah, right. It's that's the right. same. You're thing. running up a sixty dollar tab, but you can't you can't come up with the seven hundred bucks you owe your landlord. You got but it. But the landlord's an asshole if he wants to throw you out. You got it. You got it. All right, let's close out on this one. The Florida Gators football team announced today that they are playing Notre Dame in football in 2030 and 2031. And it it made me go and look and see what the schedule looks like because SEC teams have been announcing big-time non-conference games going out through, you know, 2035 or whatever the hell it is, right? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And and you have a bunch of big-time games. Georgia and Clemson have got a matchup coming up. Georgia and Ohio State, Alabama-Ohio State, Alabama-Notre Dame. Alabama, Texas, LSU, and uh, UCLA are playing this year. Uh, LSU has got, what, they, they did a home-and-home home with Virginia Tech before. I know LSU's got a bunch coming up as well. Yeah. And Florida has started doing a bunch of these, right? Home-and-homes with Colorado, with Arizona State, with, you know, blah, 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 blah. Florida's non-conference schedule in 2031 includes a game at Texas, at home against Arizona State, at Notre Dame, and then at home against Florida State. That is their non-conference schedule. And then, of course, they have their SEC schedule on top of that, right? So you've got eight SEC games. You already play Clem- or, uh, uh, you already play Georgia and LSU every year. So that is six possible losses right off the top before you even look at anything else. And, and we're, we are so far away from, because I, I will guarantee you, in 2031, 
Uh, Dan Mullen. All those teams won't be yeah. ranked. It, 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 who knows? Because it, it's cyclical. It always changes. Well, it might not be top 10 ranked. Yeah. I'm sorry. Herm, yeah. Herm Edwards probably won't be the Arizona State coach by, by 2031. So, um, yeah, he's like 70-something years old, right? He's, uh, man, I, I want to say he's like same age as Nick Saban, maybe. Um, as a matter of fact, I will pull it up right now. I'm, Either I'm way, 66. I'm, all right, there you go. So he's uh, he's a couple years younger than, than Nick Saban. Yeah. Either way, um, what are they thinking with this? Like I, my, my initial thought process and, and the way that it was explained to me by, by people that are involved with athletics are uh, people are more inclined to stay home to watch big games because the cost of attendance is so high. Why would they come out to games unless it is a big-time matchup, right? That's why Alabama's bringing in Ohio State and Texas and Notre Dame, et cetera, et cetera. It's why Auburn is bringing in Penn State uh, in two years. They're going to Penn State this year. It's the same thing. You're bringing in high-profile matchups that people want to be in the stands for. But you, you would do one or two of those a year, not four, right? And so you, when you trade the home-and-homes, eventually – you got to play some of them in back-to-back years, right? Like it's that—that's the way that some of this stuff works. For Florida to play at Notre Dame, at Texas, and then bring Arizona State and Florida State to your place. Now, not all those teams are going to be good in the same year, but they might be. That's insanely difficult to do that and have Georgia and LSU on the schedule along with the rest of your SEC stuff. Like, I, I don't understand the point of this at all. I know that they're talking about expanding the playoffs, and that's what everybody's scheduling this out for is, hey, we understand that losses right now, you, you try and schedule out of losses. That's why you don't get a ton of these big-time matchups is because any loss on your schedule is going to hurt your playoff resume because of the way that the committee looks at it right now. But once it gets to eight teams or whatever, it, that may not hurt as much. I'm... I'm curious. Like, what what do you think is uh, is the idea behind this, or do they maybe not have an idea? No, I don't know. I mean, I just think, well, for every game they do this, they're going to make a shitload of money in, and instead of paying somebody $1.3 million to come in and play them, because that's what they would be replacing it with, right? Yeah. It'd be a pay-for-win. Um, then, then, yeah, this is a financial decision. This is a, this is a, they're going to make, when this is over with, they're going to make a lot of money and say, well, they're already making so much money on the TV deal. Listen, these schools operated, everybody who makes a lot always want to make more. Okay. Very few people are like, you know what? I think I've made enough. All right. At $8 million last year, that's fine. I don't need to make anymore. Nobody's ever said that ever. They all say they would say that until they start making it. And then they think of more shit to spend it on and the the next generation of families to pay for. And then they all say, Oh, let's go make more money. Um, I think that's probably a lot of it. They're paying off a lot of coaches right now. Still. I think the boosters uh, have went through a massive recession and they've realized we got to stop hitting these, you know, bastards up for money and let's just generate our own. And if we can't pay for wins, then let's just, pay somebody we'll make a lot of money on because we'll sell out the swamp one more time. And, and I have an appreciation for that. I like that they're doing that, by the way, I wish LSU would do that. I'm not afraid of losses. I want to watch good football. You know, the thing that I hate most about college football is there's 130 teams. Okay. On any given Saturday, there might be three good, might be three good games on maybe there. There are some weekends that are just uh, abysmal. Right. And then hang on, every now and then we get a big boy versus a little guy and that game ends up being good. 
But now that's a spin of the roulette wheel, man. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a you got seventy options, and you got to hope that you're watching the one game that turns out to be a good game. It's, and there's no guarantee. Like, that's that a these, problem. Yeah, there's no guarantee that these would actually be good games. No, but but uh, you got more of a, a chance. And honestly, I would rather watch Florida and Arizona State, even just for the jerseys. Then yes, you know, didn't really anything else. Florida against Georgia Southern or or whatever. It gives them an opportunity to go out west and recruit. Like that's a big deal thing too. Is because yeah. Notre Dame is the master at this. By the way, this yep. is how Notre Dame has gotten to that next level above Michigan. All right, of like we're a smart kid school. How are we semi competing with the big boys? And getting into the conversation with them, it's it's they literally spent six of their games in the state of California a couple of years ago, like like they're they're now playing more games down south because they understand we have to go on the road to get these kids, and these kids get to see us. We get to invite them into our locker rooms, even though they're the visiting locker rooms, they get to be on our sides as recruits and watch these big time games, and then we get to fly them up to uh to Notre Dame. And, and let them see us there. But this is how we get our hands on them. And yeah. this is what, how they get to see Notre Dame football and all our traditions, and even in, from a visiting side. Um, it, I think it's important. And I think if you're not doing this stuff, you, you need to. The only ones that don't need to do it are the guys that are already at the top of the mountain that don't have to change anything because the sport is already set up for them to stay what they are. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Florida's not there. And Florida wants to be there. No, it makes sense. And this is still 10 years away. Now here's what I hate, but the 10-year factor. Yeah. Why in the hell, in a year where we put games together in a couple of weeks, or in sometimes less than six days of notice, okay? <laughs> Why in the hell are we making contracts and schedules 10 years in advance? Can we not do this in two years? Can we not play these games in three years? Well, Like, I'm not saying do it next year, but what in the hell are we doing? Well, so this is the way that it's been done for forever, and there are contracts that are still signed. Oh, oh, those are all pay-for-win contracts, right? Those are all pay-for-win contracts that you would buy out of, correct? Not all of them, but uh, yes, but it is. some of them. It's two. You're talking about two non-con games a, a year that they that that are pay-for-wins that they could easily just show up to those guys and say, instead of paying you 1.3, we're going to give you 500 large to break this contract, and you're going to go get 1.3 from somebody else. So you're going to double dip, and we get to play a big boy game next year. Uh, here you is, can buy out of that contract easily. Here's what Florida has this year, right? They've got Florida Atlantic at home. They play at South Florida. They've got Sanford at home, and then Florida State. Uh, so Sanford and 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 the and the first one, Florida Atlantic, they could buy out of tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow for less than a million bucks for both of them. Uh, Utah, South Florida, and then at Florida State in 2022. So they still have uh, one game that is open in 2022. Uh, 2023, they play at Utah. Then they've got Charlotte and Florida State at home. 2024, they've got Miami and Samford at home. Uh, and then at Florida State. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, there's, there's buy games on here. Uh, yeah, 20, they got, they got, they, every, every one of these teams have four non-con games, Gary. Um, at least well, two of those are a pay for win. So, in and tw- you could buy your way out of that. And if it's not a pay for win, then that's, then you've already scheduled well. And that's fine. You don't have to buy out of that. 22, 23, 24, 26. Uh, Florida's only got three non conference games scheduled, so they still have to schedule one. Yeah. Um, why, why, so, why did, why kick these 10 years back? It's, I, it's a great question. I don't have a good answer for it. Uh, this is what bothers me about this sport is not only does progress move slowly, everything in this damn sport moves slowly. Yeah. 
Yep. And for what You're reason? Right. Money. But just because we, it's the way we've always done it. Yeah, oh, it's, it's okay. tradition. It's, it's because oh, of money, morons. because of whatever. It's morons. The people before me were morons. The people before them were morons. And the people before them. And, and moron begets moron begets morons. I guarantee you that they, they swap out that Arizona State game. Um, because in 2029, well, 2027, 2029, and 2030, uh, they've only got two non-conference games scheduled in those seasons. So, you know, they play uh, at NC State in 2026, and then NC State returns the trip in 2032. I mean, it's it's just insane to, to think about these uh, these contracts. Uh, Casey jumped in. He said Kentucky got Penn State's quarterback. Um, yeah, they got Will uh, Will Levis, uh, and then they got a wide receiver from Michigan State. Uh, he said, I'm not sure he's a lot better than Terry Wilson, but I hope. Uh, Levis was fine. I mean, it, you know, he, he didn't win the starting job over um, uh, Sean... God, I've forgotten his name already. Uh, Damien said, uh, "So y'all don't, or y'all still don't think sports is rigged, huh?" Uh, nope. No, <laughs> I think that uh, some of the business dealings are are shady and ridiculous. Like we're talking about the just because people are contracts. bad at their jobs doesn't mean it's scripted. Yeah, I, I, God, I, I agree was, with that. If line. these people were in charge of scripting it, the cat would have been out of the bag a long time ago. I agree there for sure, absolutely for sure. So. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of here on that note. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for jumping in with us early. Uh, we are going to go and, and make sure that, you know, driveways are salted and all that kind of mess so that we can actually get out if we need to. I'm not planning on it, but we shall see. But, uh, but either way, make sure that you head over to winningcureseverything.com. Uh, our college football gambling content is over at sbrpicks.com slash ncaaf. You can see the sbrpicks.com right behind Chris there. Uh, that is the best way to find our stuff over there. We do a weekly off-season show. Now, obviously, we are not fans of calling it off-season. There is no real off-season. Uh, but there is a game this weekend, and we talked about it on our show over there. So make sure that you head over to YouTube and search out SBR Picks over there. That is the easiest way to uh, to find it. So uh, with that said, go to winningcureseverything.com, sign up for the podcast, Leave a nice five-star review over there and make sure that you are subscribed to SBR Picks on YouTube. And Chris, is there anything else that we need to hit on? No, that's it. That is it. All right, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and hopefully we can cash some tickets this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.